0: So if I talk at this level, can you all hear me, and the folks that are not in direct line? Is this a okay level in the back? Just let me know if not. When I do guided meditations, my voice tends to get quieter, so if I if it becomes so that you can't hear me during the guided meditations, just let me know at some point, after. <laughs> So last night when we were all collectively reflecting on why we practice, why we come to retreats like this, the various benefits of this mindfulness-based path of practice, uh, one of the things I mentioned and some of you mentioned was the, the process of awakening to or revelation of the heart the heart qualities, the beautiful qualities of heart and mind, that we all have a boundless capacity to experience and express, that we are kind of blocked, blocked, our access to them is blocked, you know, for various reasons, and one of which we mentioned last night and we've been exploring, which is this kind of habit of being obsessed with the contents of our minds and our plans and our worries and uh, being caught up in the future, the past, strategizing for happiness when, as it turns out, and we discover through this path, when we let go of all that, we discover our innate capacity for happiness, which is in our hearts of care, compassion. Um, our ability to be balanced in the present moment no matter what it is or how it's expressing through the changing ups and downs of life that is finding our equanimous quality of mind and joy of course joy and appreciation all of these beautiful qualities that we're discovering and so part of what we'll be offering um, some information and guided practice around is cultivating and unearthing and revealing do, things that might, we can do, ways we might practice that might help us to find our hearts of care. Today I'm going to uh, offer some ways into to discovering and cultivating metta which many of you may have heard this term, metta. Uh, it's the Pali term the Buddha was quite infused in his teachings. It's translated variously. Dave mentioned loving-kindness, which was a translation that is hard, a little bit hard. seems kind of conceptual or big or unreachable or something. We both feel that way. And I, I, although I love the word, um, but also I like the translation we've been using already of friendliness friendliness um, goodwill goodwill inclining the mind and heart toward goodness towards non-harming metta as it um, appears in the teachings one of the big places it appears is in the uh, Buddha's suggestions for for the wise intentions one of the Eightfold path factors of wise intention, and uh, he pointed to only three wise intentions that all circle around the same thing. They're all <coughs> meta-based intentions. One is to uh, intend to, for all of our actions and speech and thoughts, to be non-harming to ourselves and others. Non-harming, which is an understanding of meta, and then a more positive. Spin would be the second intention, which is to intend toward goodwill, cultivating goodwill in ourselves and others in the world. Goodwill, friendliness, kindness, that all of our actions imbue those qualities. That's our intention anyway. And then the third is renunciation, which just means to renounce behavior, ways of thinking or being that... um, that uh, prevent us from doing the first two, that get in the way. So we renounce anything that is harming, harm-causing. So it's really an important it's big in in the Buddhist path, metta. And I'm really big personally as a teacher and as a practitioner on finding our own, each of us finding our own way toward metta because there are just many, many ways of discovering, of discovering and embodying and cultivating and developing metta. So I'm going to reflect on three that I, today, this afternoon, that I hope will be supportive for all of us in our first day or two of practice at retreat, which can be challenging and I can see that. It, it is challenging <laughs> in some of your faces and uh, how you are today. <laughs> it's, it's tough. We're coming in here um, and we're attempting to, to, as Dave guided us this morning, to train our attention, to bring keep repeatedly, you know, encouraging our attention back to the here and now through any of the different sense doors and this is going against the grain of our habit. The momentum of our habit coming into a retreat is usually not that (laughs) and we're often shocked to see, especially if we have a daily practice and a serious daily practice, we're often shocked to see how much the momentum towards (laughs) non-mindfulness is front and center. And so we're working against that in a way we have to rouse a bit more effort in the first couple of days to remind ourselves to come back, to come back, remember the object, wake up, wake up. And this is tiring. <laughs> and then we are doing these strange forms, sitting. wow, Sitting for long periods, walking, sitting, walking, not talking, none of our distractions. And it's challenging in the first couple days. There's a lot of... I'm sure with all of us in our busy lives, There's you're, many of you are experiencing sleepiness, tiredness, dullness. Unlike the weather, which is pretty energetic <laughs> right now, we might be feeling a little more dull. And this is co- completely to be expected in the first couple of days of practice. So the just... An initial, an initial kind and friendly attitude that you can offer yourself is to allow that, to recognize that it's to be expected, that there's nothing going wrong, and that we're just going to see it, recognize it, not fight it, allow it. I'm tired. My body is tired. I'm dull. I'm distracted a lot. And then work skillfully with that fact, what we see respond wisely to it in various ways and that is a metta attitude, an attitude of friendliness and allowance, non-resistance to the way things are. So metta is very much embedded in the very moment to moment heart and intention of our mindfulness practice, to meet this moment with allowance. There's wise view in that also Because this moment is here. We can't make it go away. It's already arisen. The causes and conditions leading to this moment of tiredness, dullness, frustration, distraction are over. They're in the past. We cannot change them. So what good does it do to fight this moment? or fight those conditions that are in the past or wish they hadn't happened. Not much. We're kind of making it worse with this resistance. So the meta attitude, the friendliness attitude and allowance is, what's here? It's, right now it's like this, is how Ajahn Sameda put it. Right now it's like this. Can I allow this? Can I see this? Can I be friendly with this in order to work with it skillfully? So given these conditions of early retreat, sleepiness, body starting to ache, and so on. Anybody feeling that way yet? A little bit? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, maybe bored. Maybe wishing you could call some people or whatever. Maybe thinking, oh my God, this is what I signed up for. Five or six more days of this. Ah, I want to go. I've felt that way. Yes, that's cool. I won't ask you to raise your hand if you're feeling like that. <laughs> So, a way of relating to ourselves in that condition is, um, you know, we can remind ourselves of why we're here and so on that we talked about last night. But we can also practice self-care, and this is a form of metta practice, to take care of our bodies and to take care of our minds, to make sure if we are tired and we need rest, to rest, to eat well to do what feels refreshing to us that we have available to us here. Um, you know, to just to take care, to not deny our physical and mental condition. So self-care, we'll do little things in self-care. One of the big ways that I go about self-care moment to moment when I'm in a retreat is by practicing relaxation of my body balanced with alertness so looking to see how is what is the state of my body mind right now is it um, is it agitated and tense bring in some relaxation am I trying too hard bring in some relaxation and I start with my body where is my body tense sometimes when we attend to relaxing our bodies our mind will relax also it it helps Um. Is it, am I just sleepy and dull and maybe too relaxed? Then what can I do to refresh myself? Do I need to take a nap? What if I walk rapidly? Really the higher energy posture. Um, Do some stretches, energetic, vigorous stretches. When it stops raining, go for a hike. Something like that. Um, Take in the sights and sounds that are refreshing. Offer refreshment. So the self-care meta is something that I encourage you to do throughout the retreat and especially the first couple days. And then I just want to uh, finish my brief discourse here and then we'll do some practice together by talking about a way that we can... Okay. We've been practicing present-time awareness per Dave's instruction this morning, right? Attention, bringing attention back to the here and now, to the here and now. When you bring it back and you notice your body and your various senses, where does your attention go? Does it generally go to where everything's feeling good and great? No. Where everything's No. Where does it go? The worst. The what? The worst. The worst. <laughs> it goes to the... It goes to the painful part. It goes to the painful thing. It goes to the difficult thing. When we are thinking, when our attention is captured, or if we're even aware of, um, you know, we are actually aware of our thinking. Often, we find ourselves thinking about the problems we need to solve in life, the thing we need to fix, the things that are going wrong. Right? This is a thing, a human thing. It's a an evolved bias. Is called the negativity bias. Now, why do you suppose that human beings would have evolved to be always scanning for the problem? Survival. Well, we've talked about this. Yes. Survival. It's a survival mechanism. So let's not get down on ourselves for that tendency to be okay. When I scan my body, it's like, oh, my back hurts. Oh, and then it's that's it. That's everything. It, it, it's not. It's not a problem that our attention is going to the to to the the negative, the painful or difficult. What's a little bit more problematic is that we make it our everything. There's nothing happening right now, but this pain in my back or my knee. There's nothing happening now, but I'm tired. There's nothing happening now, but my frustration with myself. It just, it takes over our whole experience. And this, for those of you who are interested in translating the suttas, is what the Buddha called clinging. Clinging identification. And he pointed right there and he said, that's where suffering is. It's when we cling, when we make, take one, this is one aspect of clinging. You take one one bit of your experience and you make it your whole self. You identify with it. You make it me. You make it mine. And you block out everything else. This is where suffering is. So we can actually do what I consider to be a meta practice to work against the negativity bias, to recognize when the mind is doing that, and to renounce clinging. And I do this very simply by saying, okay, yeah, my back hurts. What else is here? I refuse or renounce getting stuck or hung up in the difficult experience. And I actually actively look around for the beautiful experience, for the good or pleasant or at least neutral, non-painful experience. And once we start to do that and we look and we're opening to the range of experience, it's, it's very easing, right? It could be very easing for us to do that, to see what say, what else is here? Oh, well, my back hurts and there's the birds. So many different birds right now. And we can choose to rest our attention with the birds as a way of what the Buddha called gladdening the mind, bringing ease, doing self-care, gladdening the mind. And lest you think that this could very well be used as a way to distract ourselves or avoid our difficulties, it's not about that. It's not intended for that. It's intended to find balance. I'm going to say this thing, that I want you to see if it's true for you through the course of your week or practice life. The cause and condition for continuity of mindfulness is a comfortable and happy body and mind. The cause and condition for continuity of mindfulness, effortless mindfulness, is comfort in the body and mind. That's why the Buddha recommended we gladden the mind as a preparation for mindfulness practice. We find that balance of mind, and this is a really great stance to cultivate continuity of mindfulness that we can turn toward our difficulties and learn to understand them and free ourselves from them. So there's a practice basis to this. We're not just... Although, if you if you find yourself thinking, what do you mean? You mean I'm just going to sit here and like... like feel good (laughs) what's that going to accomplish that's a really good view to interrogate because when i started doing practicing looking for the good what i found in my mind was uh, how i'd been skidding over it with my attention it's like yeah yeah there's there's things going well but what i really need to pay attention to is the things i need to fix you know that negativity bias yeah, yeah, my body, this part of my body feels good, but that doesn't count. Somehow it doesn't count, that part of experience. <coughs> so I, I've, I found that I had to really look at that assumption. Why doesn't it count? Especially when I practice taking it in and enjoying the goodness in this moment right now, of which there is lots of it to be had if we look. When I take it in and enjoy it, it actually eases my mind relaxes my mind, and it makes me better able to contact my heart, which is where I want to be living from, you know? So it's actually a very metta, just like every kind of metta practice. It's cultivating and turning the mind, inclining the mind towards those um, awakened states of mind that we are going for on this path. So let's try some of these practices and see how it goes. So what we're going to do first is we're going to try. We're going to start with a little bit of body self-care, <coughs> and that means we're going to start with some easy stretches. So I invite you to stand up. It is after all after lunch. Probably most of us need a little more energy. and see if you can find a place to stand where you have just a little, about this much room. Not much, just about this much. You don't need a lot. Okay, so again, just taking stock of yourself in the standing position. And maybe starting by noticing if your attention goes right to the places that are not feeling so great right now. And noticing that with a friendly attitude. And then saying, okay, yes, there's this pain here, and ache there. And what else is here? Where does your body feel good right now? and let your body answer. You might need to be a little patient with this. And Do your fingertips feel good or at least neutral? some small or large place in your body that feels okay and when you sense that place just allow yourself to use your attention to uh, you know, let it reveal itself are the, are the sensations cool or tingly or a sense of collectiveness or grace Centeredness, whatever it might be, see what those actual sensations are there. Maybe take a deep breath, let it out, enjoy that breath, and then we'll start just twisting our shoulders and letting our hands follow an easy spine twist if it feels okay and you don't get dizzy to close your eyes and really feel all the different parts of your body that are engaged here and feeling with this motion seeing with this intention to see if you can explore and find the good the pleasant the beautiful of this experience of stretch And coming to a stop, letting your hands gently come to a stop.
1: <coughs>
0: Let's take our uh, fingers together like this, intertwine them inside out and gently Keeping your shoulders down, relaxed. Perhaps breathing into Sending out breath into any places that are tight or painful. And lifting your arms gently over your head, keeping your elbows soft, or straighten them if that feels good. Shoulders down. And releasing your arms, feeling the relief Letting gravity take over. Holding your hands in the back like this and putting your shoulders up, down, and back and gently lifting, opening up your chest. Relaxing your neck, opening up your chest. noticing that there is a range of sensations here from pleasant to unpleasant to neutral and then dropping your hands and opening some jars shaking out your, your hands by rotating your wrist and maybe following that with a little bit of shaking on your shoulders and neck, loosening, loosening and softening your knees you be rotating your hips a little bit slowly if your knees soft. Whatever feels okay. I like that stretch of the lower spine, the hips. A little bit in one direction, a little bit in the other direction. Back to standing. Now some neck stretches. Right ear to right shoulder. Keeping your shoulders soft, relaxed, letting gravity pull your hands. Notice how the sensations change. Back to center. Left ear to left shoulder. Back to center. Dip your chin to your chest. Stretch the back of your neck. And don't hike your shoulders, keep them soft. And if it feels comfortable, try softening your knees and then letting your hands pull you down, let gravity pull you down into a forward bend. As far as feels okay. (coughs) Once you get down there, maybe holding on to your elbows. (coughs) Letting your, your head shake gently, very gently. Yes, up and down. No side-to-side, side. Mm. feeling that vertebrae get space in them, mm. and then put your hands on top of your knees, keep your knees soft slowly, curl up, letting your head come up last. Feeling your body standing now, and if there is any difference from the very beginning. And let's end with a little bit of patting. This is great for energy. Just take one hand and pat your arm on the underside of your arm, gently pat. Up your shoulder, across your chest. Take over with the other hand. Pat. Stay patting for a while. Anywhere it feels tight, like up in your shoulders. Pat down your sides. Just keep patting. Pat your belly, chest. Pat behind your neck. Underneath where your head meets your neck, shoulders, and down your legs even if you want. Energy, a little blood up to the skin. Okay, I invite you to take a seated posture. Finding a good posture that allows you to have a strong back without too much tension in your body, soft front. Maybe imagining a string coming out the top of your head and effortlessly lifting your spine. And it dips your chin a little bit which really helps to ease your neck. Letting your shoulders drop. And let's begin by gathering our attention in a body scan, scanning attention through your body with the intention to look for any places of tension. Tension, gripping, holding. And if you should find any place like that that feels clutched or contracted to see what you can do to soften it by imagining your breath going in and out of that place, filling up that place, letting it ease, by suggesting to those muscles to relax, It's an invitation, not a demand, and see what happens. And if you should feel in full attention, you feel fully attentive, that uh, that sense of release in your muscles and body in that area. And if it feels like it's a relief, enjoy that. Take in the good of the relaxation. Allow yourself to appreciate it. Enjoy it fully mindfully, not getting lost in it. enjoying the sensations and appreciating your capacity to do this, to care for yourself in this way. Let's just spend a few minutes quietly scanning through working through any places of tension in this way quietly together. As you're scanning your attention through your body, is it possible to cultivate an intention of friendliness? May I meet these sensations with friendliness, whatever they are? Heating up with tension, gripping pain can I soften around this area? Can I meet it with care by softening? softening your face, eyes, jaw. I tend to carry a lot of tension in my throat, softening the inside of my throat, which is to me An act of allowance, not bracing against life, but allowing in this moment to be friendly with life. So, of course, your attention will wander repeatedly. May I meet this wandering with friendliness? Understanding it's to be expected. There's nothing going wrong. It's part of the practice. And in the moment that I wake up, from distraction, to recognize the difference. Recognize if there's any goodness in that moment. Back to being awake and aware. And take in and enjoy being awake and aware in that moment. We can just let go of these various strategies and thoughts and come back to the ease of the here and now. Now with this relaxed body, see if you can help to also relax your mind, find balance in your mind by spending a few minutes looking for the good, looking for the beautiful in your experience right now. Where does your body feel good? Does listening to the sounds, the different sounds, is that pleasant or interesting or soothing? sending our attention outward and sensing the movements and activities of our fellow practitioners, our community supporting our practice with their practice you find yourself, your attention just repeatedly going to what's difficult, ask yourself, what else is here? I feel that, and I care for that, and what else is here? And if you should land on some experience that feels good, that feels wholesome and nourishing, take it in. Let it sink into you as you sink into it and allow yourself to enjoy it for as long as it's here. meeting your wandering mind with friendliness and understanding appreciating your moments of wakefulness you get to experience and get to know the range of life expressing through sounds, through the sensations and activities of your body, your breathing Even through the different activities of your mind, this is all life expressing. May I meet this with friendliness. Notice any difference when you were actively cultivating this? Any of these aspects of gladdening the mind? If that had an effect on your continuity of attention? You're nodding. Yes. In what way? Uh,
1: I calmed down a little bit uh-huh. once I started noticing the stuff that felt good. Everything else settled down.
0: And that helped you to maintain your attention in the present moment. And that's a really that's a really great big learning because then we start to see what our minds are doing why they're so active and agitated they're trying to regulate the discomfort that we're that we're f- obsessing over we're fully focused on the discomfort we think you know and then our minds are like trying to care for us by distracting us with thoughts and plans and how can i get out of this this moment yeah so that's why The cause and condition for this settledness and continuity of mindfulness is um, comfort in the body and mind. So, that's one of the things we can do, start to cultivate. It's like, how how can I care for myself in this moment to bring more ease? And that's going to really support your mindfulness practice. And also, bonus, feel good. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with feeling good. In a meditation retreat, even the first two days. Go figure. Okay, so I wanted to leave a few minutes for any questions. We haven't had any time for questions. You've gotten a lot of instructions and information and wondering if there are any uh, any any questions, anything on your mind that you would like to ask. Mm-hmm. I just want to give a short feedback. I love your voice. Um, it got a bit low. I, I did not understand everything. Okay, thank you for that. I will really try. During the guided? <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. see? Guided. I get soft. I I, I don't want to blast the people in the front, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll i do my best, and, and maybe there's a way you can also move closer. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: We might have to
0: use a PA. Well, I, I, can, I can elevate it a bit. I'll just be more mindful of that, and, and please keep letting me know as I get as I down. Also, just FYI, we were, were recording that. So we recorded that. So if you wanted to look back after the retreat and see what, what I actually said there. Good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm not sure what happened to me during this guided meditation, but there was a lot of resistance. Mm-hmm. And I'm coming from a place of totally ignoring all the pain in my body. Yes. I have a lot of pain. Can yes. And I ignore it. Yes. And it's almost felt like I couldn't find a spot that didn't hurt, and then I tried just listening to it because I don't listen to it. So it was almost like my body was screaming, and I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to it." Yes. But I couldn't get to... Everything hurt. <laughs> that's okay. So that's good to know. So then that's that was very skillful. That sounded very skillful and wise to me. Like, this is what is really front and center. And sometimes when we're... Using our attention training to attend to something else, it's like, no, this wants to be heard. And so what you just did was compassion. Seeing and, and, um, you know, I see you, I hear you, I, I, I feel you, I care about you. Dave has these wonderful phrases for compassion. That's what that is. What's going on here? And what happened after you did that? great but it also felt like there was a sense of relief almost like oh you're listening to me yes if there's if there's any kind of you know sense of resistance because you have this conditioning that's momentum of, of avoiding and resisting the pain that's a step that you need to take yeah it's like to turn toward it and uh, you can meet that with that friendly attitude, the compassionate attitude, and that also is a heart practice right there. Yeah. That's the, the sane and um, beneficial way to work with pain is with that kindness of attentiveness, fully attentive. and So that's great. Also, uh, you, you said you let off that question by saying, I, I was feeling some resistance. Very often... The instructions that we give will stimulate in you the exact opposite of that. We invite you, to, may I, you know, to, say, to meet your experience with friendliness. What you see is the opposite. Like, I'm actually disliking my experience. I'm resisting my experience. I'm fighting it and hating it, or I'm judging myself for it. This is good practice. It doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. This is how the instructions are designed to bring up what are the blocks. You know, we're, we make these suggestions to ourselves. We drop these little suggestions in. May I meet this with friendliness? May I be happy and peaceful or whatever with the traditional metaphrases. And then we see what happens and there's learning there. We're not going for some particular state of mind. We're, we're going for learning. What is in the way of my heart? So to see what's in the way and to see the resistance is really important learning and we can't skip over it. And that's what these practices and these instructions are designed to do. So if that's what's happening to you, great practice. Great. And you're supposed to laugh now. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. <laughs> okay. Anything else? Five minutes. Yes.
1: Is there is there a reason why you... Oh. Have you got any suggestions about the object of sight? Because clearly there's so many beautiful things to look at. (coughs) Um, I noticed that we don't, don't practice with sight as an object.
0: Why do you suppose that is?
1: I'm guessing because it's so overwhelming and it's so distracting. But I'm just curious. Is there not a skillful
0: way of? No, you can. You can certainly. I mean, wh- why not? Because we are have we are we are with our eyes open most of <laughs> our waking life, a day, right? So um, yeah, I mean, why don't you experiment with that, Stu? Like practicing with the seeing seeing sense as an object of meditation. What might that be? I personally find it difficult because it is so um, it's so easy to get sucked in mm-hmm. to the sights. And it's also, there's a way, it's like, as, here's this, okay, I just saw something. You know, we're, our eyes will go from object to object to object. And um, there's a way that that reinforces a kind of a dualistic point of view. I'm speaking to Stu, he's, I've known him for a while. He's got a you, know, in a, you know, he's been practicing for a while, so I can. But it's like, oh, there's the object and here's me. There's sort of this subtle reinforcement of, a, of wrong view. And then there's also the, when we look at sights, we tend to cling. We tend to get sucked in. Our attention gets sucked in, similarly to how it gets sucked into thoughts. So just practice with that in mind. And one thing that I do to, just to play with it is to, for the looking for the good practice, yes, to, to be aware of the beautiful visual and then to check in and see how, how I feel in my body with this beautiful visual, any emotions you know, that are here, the good, the good, the feeling of like, oh god, that's so beautiful, the, the appreciation, and feel the appreciation, and come back to your body. Don't lose yourself in the object, right? So keep maintaining your awareness, keep checking into what's actually happening with me right now. There's seeing, and there's appreciation, and, and loveliness, or whatever, you know what I mean? And um, then I also have fun with looking at the space between objects. Looking at space. Instead of being so addicted to that pretty object and that. And you might see in your mind this, like, where's the next neat o- Oh, where's the next beautiful object? And it's kind of going there with craving underneath, like going for the next hit of beauty. So that when we start looking for the good, we can slide into that, you know? And the way that we... Um, We just could just be aware if that's happening. We just keep coming back to what's here, what's here, what's here now, what's happening now, what am I aware of now. Do you have any thoughts about practicing with sight?
1: Yeah, a few things that I think are maybe important, but of course when we're sitting down we typically close our eyes, so that might be a reason why we don't bring it into the instructions, because it's like, I don't see anything, actually. just the back of my eyelids, which are dark. So as a walking practice, it um, can be useful in the sense of, a, of a more of an awareness. So when I use seeing as an object of meditation, which I do, actually, I don't do, like, tree, rock. You know, I don't become... I become more panoramic. So, you know, more of, like, just like this, this field out front, like taking it all in without grabbing... Because the eyes grab at objects. It's almost like the eyes have little <laughs> claws on them. Yeah. <laughs> that one and that one and, you know, like... So you want to try to avoid that kind of thing. So instead of letting the eyes pull you out, you can kind of see if you can receive sight in a kind of more of a global panoramic awareness. Of course, out front here is not a better place to do that. So sitting down and just kind of taking it all in without becoming too name what the Buddha calls Name Rupa Vijnana, where this, the name for the form, name, form, consciousness, where you're not just like naming everything that you're seeing and letting your attention jump around, but you're more looking at vision or seeing in an open sense of taking it all in. And that's a more relaxed way to work with seeing.
0: Yeah, and this, this looking for the beautiful or looking for the good, is an external-internal mindfulness practice. So we can look for the good externally, the look for the beautiful externally, we can also look internally, and we can switch between the two. And there certainly is a lot to work with here. We don't have to look or sense with our other senses far to find the beautiful. And I invite you to, to put that into your, your tool kit, as a way of um, balancing your mind and body as you're working with the various challenges in, in this first day or two.
1: And if you work with sight outside, try not to do the looking. Try to receive what's being seen. See. So instead of kind of trying to zoom out and grab, with, the, so it's a kind of flipping it around a little bit. And if you find yourself doing the looking, then try to pull back a little bit from that.
0: And one last thing, not to load you down, just let it flow over you. Whatever sinks in, you don't certainly don't have to do all of these things or try all of these things. Whatever just occurs to you in the moment. But like right now, I'm looking at. You know, when I um, practice, and I and I guide mindfulness of vision, uh, it's similar to like when we do mindfulness of the body, and we're sensing into the different sensations: the heaviness, the lightness, the fluidity the solidness, the the heat, the coolness, that sort of thing. With vision, we can notice light and dark. We can notice gradation of color. We can notice movement and change in vision. And so we can keep it to that, like, bare attention level rather than, oh, the pretty tree and the pretty birds and why I like them, you know. Thank you. Enjoy the sun. Yeah. Sun's coming out. No, is it? Still mm-hmm. yeah, a little cloudy mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll be back here for a sitting period at four o'clock. It's now time for walking. We have practice.
1: Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.com